Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. You're listening to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose of this podcast is to help you know, love, and live God's word. My name is Tara and I'm your host slash new best friend. Each week, we'll dive into the depths of scripture together. We'll answer questions that we all have as believers, have hard but good conversations, unpack passages in the Bible, and have deep, encouraging conversations with some amazing guests. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to grow your love and knowledge of his word so that you can live for him more. Are you ready, friend? Let's get into it. I'm so thankful you're joining us for another episode today. Our show is going to really get to the heart of what we're facing today as Christians. Not even just today. This isn't a new issue. This isn't a new topic, but we're really seeing it come to a head over the last couple years. My amazing friend Whitney Lowe from Scribble Devos over on Instagram is joining us today to talk about how we as Christians specifically should react to the politics, to the drama, to everything that's going on. Now, disclaimer, please hear me loud and clear. We are not sharing our political opinions. We're going to be talking about what it looks like to fight for unity in the church because there's so much division even now more than ever, whether you're this party or that party and all the things that are going on in our world. So our prayer through this episode is that we would really come together as believers, talk about what God's word says about unity and how we should react and respond in love and use grace and empathy to see this and also to not be overwhelmed by the drama and the political things in this world. This is just one of those topics that we have to talk about as Christians because it's the life we're living. So without further ado, I want to get into our conversation today. If you really enjoy this and you feel like you need this message, that you would like to have this message shared with more people, I would really appreciate it if you would take a moment to take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, tag me, or leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. This is an amazing free way to tell the algorithm, to tell the podcast community that you love this show and you want God's word to be shared more. So thank you for listening to my little spiel Here's my conversation with Whitney. 
Hey, Whitney, thank you so, so much for being on the show today. I've been looking forward to this. You have been one of the sweet friends that I've been wanting to get on the show. And so I'm thankful for this afternoon and for this conversation we get to sit down and have. But um, before we start um, this conversation, would you please introduce yourself to those listening, share a little bit about who you are, what you do, all of the sweet things. Hi, Tara. Yes, I'm so excited to chat with you today. I am um, currently running an Instagram page called Scribble Devos that I started a couple years ago just in hopes of really helping particularly young women see how much scripture has to say to them and how, you know, you can be reading through the Bible and just a little nugget will jump off the page and kind of just be that special little push that you needed from the Lord to get through your day, whatever you're going through. Um, and that was really the heart behind the page. And then kind of since then, I feel like I've been able to connect with so many amazing people like yourself um, to really start to expand into hopefully, you know, some more writing, um, some speaking. And who even knows? I mean, I'm kind of in a moment of transition right now. I had a baby in December um, and I'm looking into a move to Colorado from Orange County, California right now. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I know. Isn't that nuts? Wow. <laughs> I didn't tell you that. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. I love that. I love that. No, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Have you guys thought about Colorado for a while or is it kind of spur of the moment or? Yeah. Well, so I grew up there actually. So um, my my husband is from Orange County. We met at college in Santa Barbara at this little Christian school called Westmont. And then I actually moved back to Denver right after graduation and worked for a while. And then when we got married, Uh, He got his job as a college pastor here. So we've been here for the entirety of our marriage since 2017. Um, And it's kind of just, I think now that we have little Judah in the mix, we really want to be close to family. And I don't know, there's kind of just like dumb stuff. Like I just miss like seasons. Um, (laughs) So I don't know, that stuff is so special with a little kid. So that's a big part of it is just looking at kind of where our life is right now and what maybe the next stage is going to be. And then with all of that in mind, I think my husband's job and baby and family, and even for me, like maybe wanting to transition into a new chapter of mm-hmm. Scribble Devos and all of that, like it just, it's the right time. So we're kind of navigating yeah. and discerning right now, but yeah, it's been on the horizon, just not really concrete for a long time. Right. No, that's so exciting. I mean, I know that the Lord calls us to different seasons or different seasons in our lives and also different places, Um, but you know, it's so like, I am so like family oriented in that way too. And and so I can just see how, especially having baby, having Judah would just be that mm-hmm. extra little push to be like, I want to be back with your people. And um, it was a great season while it lasted, but like it might be, there might be like so much promise over there. I mean, that sounds cheesy, but that that's so exciting. Um, I also- When well, you'll get that too, like you're about to navigate baby season, which is yes. just something else. I will tell you what, but it's so <laughs> sweet, but it really is just like, I mean, not to get like really heavy and spiritual right off the bat. <laughs> Go for it. But there really is something super special about like, oh my gosh, I'm not like my life just like isn't mine and like everything else really does take a backseat. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's cliche. Right. Like they tell you that, but I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff that I've gone through since becoming a mom where it was like, wow, nothing else matters to me except making mm-hmm. sure that this baby is fed or making sure that this baby has you know, access to everything he needs to thrive. And like, you just don't anticipate how much it literally is going to change your brain and how you see the world. And it just happens immediately. Like it is nuts. So (laughs) prayers for you as you get into that. Man, I'm so thankful that I have people like you that are, um, 
seasoned but also new. Like you've gone through almost a year of this, but you also like everything's so fresh. Um, and so I have been. I, maybe not as much as I should be, but I've been definitely thinking about the transition that's coming and kind of preparing myself, which I know I can only do so much until baby actually gets here. Um, but <laughs> I know it's going to change. But again, like you said, like there's nothing – like I told Michael, I'm like when we got married, I'm like first and foremost, I'm a child of God. Second, I'm your wife. And then now I'm going to be a mom and like everything else, like this podcast and ministry and everything, it's, it's all secondary to that, right? And so totally. that's going to be – Something different, but I'm really, yeah. really, really, really excited. Oh my gosh, you're going to be such a cute mom. I mean, no. you're already a cute mom, but like, I'm so excited. You're so sweet. It's so surreal still, but it's really fun to share on, on here too. I think it's the first time I mentioned it on the podcast. So that's really fun. Um, but I love that. I'm so excited you're here and um, just pumped for our conversation too and what God's going to do. So before we get into it and get a little bit deep and like you said, spiritual about it, about it all, because it's kind of a heavier topic. Um, yeah. I would love if you could share one of your favorite things at the moment. It's kind of like a fun way to like get to know people. My listeners love to hear too, like a favorite product or like literally anything you're loving that's making your life better because we want to know it too. <laughs> So I'm like, how shallow am I going to you can, come off right now? No, <laughs> that's literally what I'm trying to make. <laughs> we've had so many things from like coffee to like books of the Bible to clothes to like literally whatever, and we're not going to judge you. We're just going to love it. <laughs> I'm like intercessory prayer. No, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. Oh my so gosh. So I think um, I'm like kind of scanning the room right now, but I'll tell you. Okay, so like. Really, my favorite thing is my baby because my whole mm-hmm. life is just like, so I mean, sweet. he's so cool. It's so fun. But um, with that, we watch baby TV now. And like everyone told me Bluey is the best cartoon. I'm telling <laughs> you, if I watched it before I had a child, I would have liked it. Like it's, wow. it's eight minutes long. It's like so sweet and endearing. And if you're like, what's wrong with you? Like just watch one. It's on Disney Plus. Like, just watch one. This is not sponsored. But like, what if it was? That'd be, so funny. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, so, <laughs> sponsored by Bluey, it makes Bluey no sense, hit Whitney fine. up. <laughs> yeah, just you know, tag them. Um, and then, actually, something that's like completely revolutionized my life. Um, have you seen those like blow dryer brushes? Yes, they're like, everywhere. Kind of everywhere. Okay, I normally, I'm like bad at hair, really, truly. But I got one. <laughs> it is so amazing. It has. It just makes me feel like a grown up because I blow dry my hair like more than once a year now and I look so polished <laughs> and just like everyone should get one if you're doubting it it will it will revolutionize okay your honestly I'm seeing them everywhere like all the bloggers talk mm-hmm. about it not even just bloggers just like some of my friends I went on a bachelor weekend and like two of my friends had them I'm like mm-hmm. okay I'm like there's something to this and like honestly like when yeah. you said that now you like blow dry your hair at least once a year I mean more now but like I <laughs> I laughed inside because that was literally me. I've always had long hair and it's really thick and it just it took like years to blow dry my hair so I never did. But honestly, I've heard it's like giving yourself a blowout at home. So it it really and I can't my hair's super long. Like my hair is like especially now I haven't gotten haircuts since COVID. Yeah. No. Um so like not to oversell it or anything, but <laughs> it I mean like it changed my life. I think I looked kind of like hippie I, I just wasn't looking real put together, which is fine. I don't go it's anywhere. Fine. But it happens. Still, now I look like a professional woman. Man. <laughs> so, like, highly recommend. <laughs> and I feel like this is the the uh, the tool that we need um, to grow up or to help us yes. feel a little more grown up. Yes. 
it will transition you into that next level of your life. Whether, and whether, not to oversell it. Right. <laughs> whether you work from home or whether you work mm-hmm. a nine to five in an office. I don't know. Okay. Um, you have my attention. I might think about this. This sounds okay, amazing. Let me know. I will. I will. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so fun. I literally, that's such a little bright spot in the episode for me. Um, <laughs> but friends listening, um, you've seen by the title, it's a little bit of, I don't want to say different episodes because honestly, the podcast aims to talk about literally everything that has to do with scripture and the Christian life. So we're talking today about um, a little bit of politics, a little bit mm-hmm. about um, you know our current situation in the world, but then also mainly about unity among believers and non-believers as well. And how um, although this is an issue that's like literally like the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, like literally issues have been around forever. But like right now, Whitney and I have just really seen how in the last two years, um, with the pandemic, with a lot of other um, hot, but, pot, hot button topics that have come up, um, it's just, it's really evident right now. So um, Whitney, we've talked about this. This seems especially needed. Um, and I think if we were to choose a phrase to describe the last couple of years, it would really be politically charged, um, yeah. really amped up, um, really loud, um, really in our faces. Um, now, I don't want this. We don't want this um, episode to be triggering for any one of you guys. And I, we don't want it to turn you off. Um Whitney and I agreed that we're not going to talk about personal opinions. We're not going to tell you necessarily, um, you know, how we feel about things, but we want to just come from the word and talk about what we're seeing and how we should respond as Christians. So wait, let's just dive into this. Um, you, um, you and I have talked about this um, actually quite a lot over the last couple of weeks. So would you mind just sharing your heart about the past couple of years really and what you've seen in our world and even social media? Yeah. Oh man. I mean, where to even, where to even start with that one? I think it's just been interesting because I think like everyone else, when this chapter of life, particularly in the U S cause that's what I've been living, mm-hmm. um, started with, you know, COVID and the BLM stuff. And, you know, there was just so much pain there. And, you know, beginning of 2020 was like, everything felt upended. Right. Um, right. And starting around then, I think I, along with everyone else got really emotionally invested in each individual issue. And it really did feel like we were in uncharted territory. And for that reason, my opinion on each thing was live or die. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we all Mm -hmm. kind of bought into this, what now is clear to be a lie that what we think on each thing and what we project onto social media is make or break for relationships and for the quality of our faith and for really who we are as people. And then that extends into our relationships. And um, that all makes sense to me because again, like we didn't know what was happening. Everything was so chaotic. And I think we kind of just clung to, okay, we got to, we got to circle the wagons here and know what we're about. Mm. Um, And some of that is good, right? Like I think some of us did reflect with all of this chaos um, and it did kind of help us formulate opinions that we needed to, maybe finally put a stake in the ground and say, this is what I believe about the world. Right. Um, yeah. But that being said, I think normally those little, those seasons, it's like really hot and things are really intense and then it calms down a little bit and then we're able to kind of, you know, breathe and reconnect with each other and kind of recenter. And it feels like when things ratcheted up in early 2020, they just never stopped. Yeah. So we've been in yeah. this kind of like, metaphorical state of stress 
since then. And it feels like, again, to extend the metaphor, like all of those crazy hormones, like cortisol and adrenaline, like all that stuff has just been firing that whole time. And we're all kind of in this sense of like spiritual adrenal fatigue. Um, But we're still clinging to these opinions. And I think we're now starting to see that just like with our bodies, when we're in a constant state of stress and we're in a constant state of fight or flight, everything else kind of starts to fall apart because all of our energy is going Mm. into these specific opinions. And now what's starting to really hurt my heart is seeing spiritual communities and spiritual relationships, which really are family bonds. If you look at the Bible, we're Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters. We are members of one body. So even, even closer than family, we are members of the same body. And we're looking at other parts of the body and saying, you know, I just decided that I don't like what the ear thinks about X issue. And so Mm. we're chopping the ear off. Um, And we're starting to kind of like, we're we're self- we're self-mutilating as the body of Christ. And that's such a heavy thing to say, but I really feel like that's kind of what this seems like to me. And we're starting to, yeah, lose that communion. And it's, and it's hard. It feels like it's rooted in something that can't possibly be of Christ because Christ's heart is community. Right. No, I mean, so, so good. And so on point it, it is really hard to say that, like you said, Mm self-mutilating and just so much division. And, you know, I mean, I'm not that old. (laughs) We're not that old. So we, I mean, I I do believe that we've lived through a lot. You know, it feels like we've lived through a lot, but for me personally, in like my 22, almost 23 years, I feel like these past two years have been the most divided. Like we've gone through some hard stuff in our 20 plus years um, personally, but I feel like as far as um, division, as far as people at each other, as far as um, just a lot of loud voices and um, bitterness and um, just pitting ourselves against one another, I feel like this is the most obvious circumstance I've ever seen in my life. Um, And it's just gone on for a long time and it's all come to a head just because of certain circumstances. And um, Whitney, you said opinions a lot and, you know, when you were (laughs) explaining that and honestly, you hit that on the nail because there's just a lot of opinions going around. And as believers, especially, you know, when we think about ourselves, we, we have to kind of sit back and think, okay, um, you know, what matters here? (laughs) And, you know, when I have opinions about something else and someone else has a different opinion, um, it, we can either let that divide us, like you said, and we can just cut that ear off and just not want to be a part of the body, or we can choose to look at it a different way. So there's also um, just this other factor that you've been um, also noticing, and I think a lot of us will notice too, is that um, the enemy is, he's always out and about. We, we know, First Peter talks about it a lot. A lot of passages in the Bible talk about how he is roaring around like a lion. He is around. And I don't mean to say this to sound discouraging, um, but just as, as a reality. Um, and so he's always yeah. been around. But even just right now, it seems like he's getting a lot of footholds. The enemy is getting a lot of footholds right now. Um, so where do you really see um, the enemy taking advantage of the situation and um, just all these opinions and secular forces as well? You know, I think it's just, it's hard. It feels like everywhere is the answer yeah. to that question. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the part that feels the most pressing to me right now is just looking at how people are, you know, maybe doing their best with how they read their Bible and how they understand what scripture says, Mm. but then taking what is ultimately reflective of their experience and the tradition that they came from and deciding this is it. There's no possible way that I've gotten something wrong. If you disagree with me, Mm. then you can't be a Christian. And ultimately what I think that does is it elevates 
a political party or a political stance to the level of a God. Like nothing should have that much power over your life and relationships. And if it does, it has to be an idol. There's nothing else to call it because the only thing that should be able to tell you, you know, yes or no to relationships, to people, to the way that you act and show up in the world in service should be the Lord. So if you're a Christian and you are using those political camps to determine everything else about your life, like that's idolatry and you can't call it anything else. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Right. Right. No, I think I think that's an amazing way to describe that. I have seen so many people I love, um, just personally, not even just people I follow online or voices I see online, um, mm-hmm. take their political ideologies and the their political party, whether they're a Democrat or Republican or whatever they are, and that's who they become. That's become their identity over the last, especially year or two, um, and it's it's dictated their decisions on. Um, sadly on how they love people, how, um, how they serve one another, because honestly, it's been tough for people to serve one another and actually be in person because of just the pandemic and life in general. And so it's really dictated the way we live. And I'm, no, I'm not pointing fingers. I know we've all struggled and I've even had to check myself. Michael and I are very passionate about what's going on in the world and, um, we're easily, I think we're, we're, we're passionate, so we're easily riled up, right? I'm sure mm-hmm. maybe um, you can uh, relate to that at times, especially with all the things going on now. Um, but I just have to put myself in check and say, like, okay, is it, um, is it literally my righteous anger for what the Lord says is true or wrong, or is it my opinions, right? That's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's such a good point. Like, it's okay to get emotional and to get engaged with these issues because they do matter. Like none of this conversation is meant to say it doesn't matter mm-hmm. <laughs> that you yeah. care about these issues or that these things are not super important. The point is to say, are we doing this in a way that reflects that we are serving King Jesus mm-hmm. and not President X or President Y? Um, right. And I think that's where a lot of us have started to get tripped up because it is so easy, like you're saying, to look at other people um, and to feel like that's absorbed their identity and that's, that it doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit well with me. But at the same time, I myself have found myself being like, I don't see how you could 
be faithfully following Jesus and believe this. Mm. Like that's a real thing that, you know, I'm not even sure that it's necessarily wrong to think that. The problem is when we start to, especially publicly, make these proclamations of whether or not people are Mm. good with God. Because that, I mean, I don't know. Did you, you grew up in the church, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So like you've heard a million sermons in your life on like, don't judge. Right. And you shouldn't judge. And then you've also heard, especially I feel like teen girls are so good at this. Like <laughs> somebody calls us out on something and we're like, I mean, I'm not a teen girl now. I don't right. know if that sounds like what I'm saying. No, I love, say. I love it. <laughs> um, but we were so good at like, if somebody tells us we're doing something wrong, we're like, oh, stop judging me. Right. But you know what? Like when Jesus talks about judging, what he's talking about is if you are looking at someone else and deciding if they are good with God, if they are going to be in the kingdom of God based on what you are seeing in their life. Mm. That is judgment. That's the thing that Jesus is telling us not to do. Not telling us that it's wrong to look at someone else's actions and say, hey, not sure that lines up with who you say you are. The problem is when you start saying that must mean that you are not good with Mm. God. And I think that's what we're just seeing on a massive scale. People pointing fingers from both parties. Like I I do feel like I kind of navigate this interesting middle ground where I grew up pretty conservative. I would say I didn't really question that. And I went to a summer camp that was like pretty hyper conservative. And I always felt comfortable there. And then I went to a college that while it's still technically evangelical, and if you asked the broad spectrum of Christians, what they think, maybe not Christians, just people, Mm -hmm. if you ask people what they think, it still falls on the conservative side of things. But um, as far as like evangelical schools, it's gotten more and more toward the liberal side of things. And at that point, when I was getting my college degree, I kind of started leaning pretty left on some stuff. And actually me and my husband started dating then and he was always just like, oh my gosh. Like we used to get in so many arguments yeah, about yeah. things. But for me, that was part of my process of kind of starting to understand what it is that I really did believe and mm-hmm. how the Bible informs our lives. And I, for that reason, all of that to say, I do feel sympathetic with people on either side who read the Bible and think, I'm reading this plainly. This can only mean this. So if you don't have that extra lens of nuance and being able to understand hermeneutic, which is basically just your interpretation of the Bible and, you know, being able to critically consider Mm -hmm. the context. Right. um, If you're just reading it plainly. Yeah, absolutely. Both parties have pretty easy angles of saying like, this issue absolutely must be God's will and it has to look like this. Sure. So I'm kind of always in that middle space of just like, well, I mean, I understand, but at the same time, what does Jesus tell us throughout the New Testament is mm-hmm. that unity is what he wants for his people and that we do have different roles and we do have different giftings and we do have different, maybe even priorities, but we are all supposed to be united to each other in love. Right. Um, right. Man, it just like hurts my heart to watch us literally, literally judging each other in the right. exact way that the Bible tells us not to time and time again. Sure. You know, when you said, you know, just growing up thinking, okay, well, if that person believes X, Y, and Z, then they couldn't be possibly right with God. I've been mm-hmm. very, very guilty of thinking that. And honestly, I'm going to be super candid, especially over the last couple of years when I've been seeing a lot of things about, I don't know, I'm going to be honest, who you voted for, what yeah. you know, what stances you're on, um, yeah. what how you react to the pandemic, how you do certain things. Like, I'm going to be honest, like I have thought that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been tough for me to reconcile. And then I do have to remember something that's comforting for me to remember, I was talking about this with Michael, my husband and his parents the other night about how God is the only one who truly knows their hearts. And 
that is comforting because I don't have to worry about it because it's 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 a relationship. It's it's a one way relationship vertically, right? You and the Lord. Your salvation is you and the Lord. But then also, again, we do have to recognize that it does affect the horizontal, right? Um, it affects our relationship with other people in our lives. But I think for me, it was um, it's one of those things where God knows your heart, yes. But then also, um, we have to just really realize that there are certain things that is very clear to the Lord and which is good or bad. Um, but I also do have to realize that God is taking every single person on a journey of sanctification, which is such a gift, God is taking everyone, like everyone's at a different stage in their relationship with yeah. the Lord and their knowledge of the Lord. And like you said, um, their understanding of God's word, because we know there's one meaning, like there are not dozens and dozens and millions of different versions of the Bible and its meaning. Um, that's, a, you know, a error that a lot of people have. So we know that God's word means what it means. But I do have to have a lot of grace, right? I do have to have a lot of grace for people that may be still on that journey of understanding that, right? Um, Because I've been there too. Like there, I mean, I can't recall a lot right now, but I absolutely know that there were things even just a few years ago that I was wrong on and I didn't understand about God. Um, But people gave me grace you know, whether they wanted to or not, I I know it. And God has brought me through this journey of like helping me understand what it really means and um, where his heart really is in that subject. And so I just had to like look back and just, like you said, fight for unity and fight for like, God, I pray that you work in that person's heart to show them, you know, your real truth, right? Right. And he's probably not going to use your tirade on the internet against them. <laughs> not that you would ever do this, but like, yes, I don't yeah. know. It's wild to see Christians who are like, God doesn't want you to do that. And they, you know, they would believe that the Holy Spirit changes hearts, but then their way of participating in that process, I guess, is like pretty unkind speech yeah. on the internet yes. or elsewhere. And it's just like, no, God's going to change their heart. And I think that we kind of exclude ourselves from the process when we decide, no, I'm going to do it the way culture wants me to do it, mm, which is yeah. really, you know, harshness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think the other thing you said that really sticks out to me is that aside from anything else, like this, this culture that we live in, you know, we've kind of got two options. You get to be Republican or you get to be Democrat. Mm, Yeah. That sets up this reality that like, it's all or nothing. And I think we start to believe that we can align with one or the other and we're good to go. Mm. But just, I mean, just thinking in terms of like odds and statistics here, it is pretty likely if you also ascribe to the idea that we're fallen humans who know such a tiny percentage of what God knows and such yeah. a tiny bit of truth compared to, to what mm-hmm. God's trying to show us, chances of us being wrong on just one thing, just one thing, so high. Right. And like, it's probably an issue that you're fighting really, really hard about right now with someone else. Like, it's probably something that you think you could never imagine that God wouldn't agree with your particular idea of handling it politically. Mm. And I mean, I think every one of us is going to be faced with a lot more than one thing that we were wrong about politically. And we're just losing that perspective and that humility. And I think that's yeah. also causing us to speak in a way that's honestly pretty out of turn. And that doesn't mm. just idolize politics. It idolizes us. Like Ooh, we're yeah. the God in yes. that situation. And that's, it's iffy. It's not good territory to be in. You're right. No, you nailed it. You said, you know, we're not, we're not reacting with humility and instead we're re- reacting with selfishness. 
and idolatry of self and promotion of self. Um, and so that just kind of all leads into, you know, just what's the antidote. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've talked about how just even before we started talking about this, we talked about how politics have divided us. These last couple of years have divided us. It's like a hard line in the sand. Um, you know, this group of people is over here. This group of people is over here. We're not budging. We're going to yell at you from the other side. We're both going to yell at each other um, and really not get anywhere. Um, and, you know, it's not even just through um, – it's not even division between believers and believers, um, Christians and Christians. It's uh, just Christians and non-believers. So it's just, you, you know, division on all sides. Um, I was talking to someone the other day about – you even mentioned it too about like how – like when the United States was first founded, it really wasn't bad to be called this party or this party. So a lot has changed um, over just the course of the U.S. history specifically. I know a lot of um, other governments across the world, but um, that was something interesting. But um, there's a call for unity because so much has changed. Um, and this is not just something that the world says we need. You know, the world says to to be unified and to stand together, but actually we as Christians have a greater call and that's from God and that's from the Bible mm -hmm. to be unified. So the Bible is so clear about it stands with unity. So let's talk about this. So in what you've read and learned in the, in the word and seen, um, what does it really look like to be unified with believers, especially in times when you know, we have turmoil and uproar and political strife. You know, what does that look like? The text that I think, we, it just feels like God was like, this one's for 2021. Mm. <laughs> feels like God just gave us this text for this reason is Romans 12. And I would encourage everyone. I don't know if it's really the best podcasting for me to just like read a bunch of passages at this no, it's, exact moment. It's but great. The highlights for me are that at the very beginning of this chapter, Paul calls everybody to present our bodies as a living sacrifice as spiritual worship. So that, first of all, kind of brings into focus that this is a holistic endeavor and that mm -hmm. it's absolutely every every bit of you goes toward worshiping God in everything you do, not toward representing a cause and not even toward representing God's version of right and wrong. Like hmm. we're not that I think that that is something that comes secondary. Like our lives begin to show exactly what God's justice means and what God's right. righteousness means. But the first thing that we're responsible for doing is not getting all of our ideology correct, but rather committing every bit of who we are to worshiping the hmm. Lord as a living sacrifice. So it gives us a starting point, which is really cool. And then that's also the same, the same passage that we get the concept of renewing our minds so that mm. we can discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So again, if we are not completely submitted as living sacrifices, wholly committed to worshiping God, then we will not be able to renew our minds. We will not be able to discern what is the will of God, which mm. is something that all of us are claiming right and left. This is God's will. This is what God would want. Mm, right. But we can't yeah. expect to know it if we're not sold out to worshiping him. Mm. And then from there, there's a lot of really cool exhortation from Paul but we get a pretty good breakdown of what it looks like to be in one body and to all have different parts, but to still be united. Mm, so yeah, there yeah. are other places in scripture that this theme shows up, but specifically we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of one another. So this is kind of, I think, specifically talking about gifts, but at the same time, that, that idea we're in the same body, like we're not opposed to one another because our minds have been renewed and because we're living sacrifices, we are all in this together. Um, and my favorite part of this whole passage is the next section, which my Bible calls Marks of the True Christian. 
but it has that beautiful, beautiful little passage to outdo one another in showing mm. honor. Yeah. And so I good. just, oh my gosh, like what would our culture be like if we did that? Right. You know? Yeah. And not just to people who agree. It doesn't say just to your people in your special Christian club. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's outdo one another in showing honor. So, I mean, if, if we could kind of change as believers and as a church to a mindset that was just focused on outdoing one another and showing honor, that doesn't say you have to agree perfectly in order to honor them. It just means like, how would you speak to someone you disagreed with that you also honored? Like, do we even have a lens for that anymore? Is there such a thing as honoring someone that you disagree with? I don't know that we have a really great picture of what that Mm -hmm. means and looks like nowadays. But this tells us that we should, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no. I think I think that's a powerful challenge and I'm feeling very convicted as well because I think sometimes we as Christians and just people in general, specifically Christians in this conversation, we're talking about like, you know, we've become people that are – it's the, our love is conditional. Our love is based on, you know, what you believe, where you stand on this, your opinions on this. Can I agree with you or can I not agree with you? Um when that's literally, I don't know why we made love out to be like that, why we made unity out to be like that, because God never said that we are going to agree on absolutely everything. There is absolute truth. We know that 100%, but he said that the love isn't conditional. It's unconditional. And I think if anything, what I have to remember uh, about unity is that, you know, even when I don't feel it, it's a command to be obedient to God. Like, for me, plain and simple. Like I I have a hard time with this sometimes. You always like – it's always easy to put on a good face and stuff and be kind, but just have that true heart of unity. And for me, sometimes when it's tough, I have to be like, okay, you know, it's not about actually me. It's about me being obedient to God. It's, it's not about that person and who they are. It's actually just me being like, okay, God, I'm going to say yes to you and I'm going to listen no matter if I feel like it because mm-hmm. those are commands. Like literally like if we love God and we want to follow him, we do what he asks whether or not we like it. And it's tough. But I so, so I think for me when it comes to unity, that's really, really important for me to remember, although it's tough. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you look at the disciples even, right? Like Jesus didn't call a bunch of single-minded men mm, to yeah. follow him and take up this cause together. Like it was a homogenous group of men. You had a zealot whose entire idea of what needed to happen in the world was a military revolution led by the Messiah. And then you had a tax collector who was working for Roman authorities. Like you, Mm. those two men were on complete opposite ends of the political spectrum. Complete. They would have hated each other. And we don't even get, you know, there's not even like a chapter addressing like, then they kind of had to sit down and hash this one out. Like, no, it was just like assumed. Like now we have a new call. Now we have a unity that goes a lot deeper than whatever our plan is for the immediate future. And that needs to be the reigning perspective before you get into the nitty gritty of what's right, what's wrong. And even then, I do believe that that process has to be governed by the Holy Spirit and not by a really rigid commitment to being perfect. Because mm-hmm. even though the Bible, I don't want that to sound like I'm not saying the Bible has very clear stances that need to be followed and obeyed. Yes. I'm just saying, yeah. I think that we underestimate the Holy Spirit's ability to give us discernment in individual situations. Mm. And then we say, 
I've got to have my mission statement ironed out and it has to have no holes in it. So I'm going to make this law, you know, I'm going to have a manifesto. This is what I believe. And that's kind of how our political system wants us to act when in actuality, if our heart is toward worship and our heart is toward obedience, then in those, you know, gray areas that are Mm -hmm. a little confusing, Mm -hmm. that's when we can lean on the Lord to not only draw us into the right course of action, but also draw us into Mm -hmm. unity as his people. Because um, I meant to say this earlier. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, you're I good. Think, Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little chatty, but um, I think we also are, you know, kind of looking to find our tribe. And if we really do believe that the Holy Spirit is empowering this community of people who are, you know, resurrected from our sin and resurrected into this life that is supposed to be worshipful to Him, that even if, like you were saying, we're all in kind of different spiritual journeys or different places in our spiritual journey, do we trust that the Holy Spirit is going to? convict us where he needs to convict Mm. us. He's going to draw us toward his heart of unity, no matter what. Um, And if we really believe that it shouldn't be as threatening to see someone who's a Christian who believes differently, like we both might change. We both might kind Mm -hmm. of evolve in how we understand scripture and get closer to that perfect word from God. But if we don't trust the Holy Spirit to do that work, then we are going to be fighting tooth and nail against each other. Mm, Yeah. You know, the the aspect of the Holy Spirit, not only just in our everyday life, but just in this particular circumstance is so key. I think um, what came to mind when you were saying that is that we think that we need to, like we, like emphasis on we, me, like I need to be so prepared tooth and nail to my opinions. And like you said, my manifesto that we're not leaving room. We're not even considering that the Holy Spirit would work through us and give us you know, the right words that are seasoned with salt and that um, we gently love one another. We don't even, I mean, in those times, we don't even think about that, you know, and that is kind of concerning. It happens. But I think, like you said, we need to be truly led by the Holy Spirit, Um, not only in these circumstances, but every single time. And that's going to really, really influence the way that we're united too. So I think that was so, so powerful. And I loved how you broke down Romans 12 because honestly, like it gave us the why of why we need to be unified. So I think that was just so precious. Um, As we wrap up, I would just love, um, I know there's just been a lot and you have been not only just busy, um, you know, just with what you're doing online with just such good work, but just busy as as a mom and a wife and doing life and work. <laughs> but um, I know there's just a lot of a lot of noise on social media um, and a lot of just noise in the world. So um, from your personal experience as we close, I just love to hear how you have really kept yourself centered in God's truth and um, kept your eyes fixed above when there are just so many opinions and so much drama and how God is really like how God and his word have changed the way you view politics and how it's just really given you peace in a crazy time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's been a challenge. I'm not going to say I've been perfect because I do. Yeah. yeah. I always joke about this with my husband. We're like, there's this part of me that loves like intellectual debate. And so I always kind of start these conversations and I'm feeling like unemotional and like, I just want to like understand. And then like somewhere (laughs) in the middle of the conversation, I'm like, I just forget that. And like my feelings get hurt. (laughs) Right. It happens. (laughs) I've had to kind of like step back from some of those conversations, but for me, and I can only really speak to where I'm at and what I feel like the Lord's been convicting me of, but I have just realized that if I am not speaking primarily from a place of wanting the other person's good, then it's probably not a conversation that I should be having at that moment. Mm, um, that's good. And also sort of to go in hand in hand with what I was saying before is just taking a deep breath and realizing that if I believe that God is the God of the universe, and if I believe that the Holy Spirit is in and among 
God's people here on earth, that it's actually really not my job to do anything but respond faithfully to the situations that are put in front of me day to day. So I use this example all the time, but um, I, like I said, kind of have a mixed group of people in my life where some of them are really, really liberal and some of them are really, really conservative. And I've always felt a little bit, not necessarily in agreement with both parties on every issue, but just kind of like sympathetic and I understand Mm -hmm. where they're coming from. Yeah, um, and my mother-in-law, she is one of the most conservative people you'll ever meet in her life. In your life, and a lot of my more liberal friends would say, "You don't care about poor people." This kind of thing, right? But sure. I've always said, if you get that woman on the street next to someone in need, mm. she will take better care of them than any of my wow. like really really liberal friends. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. this is yeah. not a party statement. Yes. It is just yes. to say that I think the real key here to all of it is responding faithfully to the situation in front of you. And if you are not addressing needs of people who are coming to you, if you are not responding in love to people who are in the middle of really, really hard situations, I can't imagine that you're responding well on a large scale politically. Mm. So I've just had to kind of keep my eyes focused on what are the opportunities and people that God has put in front of me today. And that's how I'm going to be political in the best way I know how and in the most faithful manner. Well, I think I think that sums it up, and I think we should all have that mind because it starts with, like you said, coming from a place of unity and love and empathy and sympathy, and then once we're once we're there and once we're operating out of the Holy Spirit, then we can make our decisions. Because I mean, it's literally like that's the way to describe living by the Holy Spirit and operating from His truth. So I honestly love that, and I think that's a better place to start than a lot of us have been starting at. Um, So thank you so much, Whitney, for being here, for taking time out of your day. I loved this conversation. I think it can be a hard one to have. you know, honestly, just to even tackle it. But I'm I'm so thankful. This is something that we have to deal with, whether we want to talk about it or not. And I'm just really thankful that we could come at it and that you um, have just such a love and passion for the word. It's so obvious. Um, so as we close, I would love for um, you to share um, some social media links, maybe that Instagram handle mm-hmm. so people can come follow you. You share a Devo almost every day and a beautiful artwork, like graphic that like I, l- I have so many screenshots of Scribble Devo's art. So I, I can't even tell you. So <laughs> share with us how they can find you and follow you. Yeah, well, I'm hoping some new stuff will be coming down the pipeline in the next year or so. So definitely everybody stay tuned. But I would love to see some new faces and interact with you guys over on Instagram at Scribble Devos, which is just exactly what it sounds like. The word Scribble, the word Devos. Um, and like Tara said, I try to post every day-ish with a devotional that <laughs> yes. basically is just what God is showing me in my time in the Word. And especially in this season, it's been really cool to see how God shows up even when your bandwidth is limited. So I've been having a really good time there. And yeah, Tara, you are you're a powerhouse. When you said you were 22, like I knew you were 22, but I was like, oh my gosh, like what is this girl going to do with her oh life if gosh. she is already like witnessing the way she's witnessing now? Like you are, you are so cool. And this has been an honor. You're such an encouragement to me, um, an inspiration to keep being bold and, and true to God's word online. So thank you for doing what you're doing. I love you and our friendship. And again, just humble that you'd be here. So thank you. Thank you. I love you all.